1: September 10th, 2020 on the Mike Abadir Show Co-host Gino Bacola here alongside Mike Abadir And Mike, uh, it is a big day in the world of sports It is opening day of uh, football We have a game coming up in it's about an hour or so from when we're recording this We are in the middle of the NBA playoffs About to get into the conference final round So pretty soon we will be down to our final four in the NBA baseball season we're already beyond the trade deadline we're starting to look at magic numbers for the Dodgers and what their magic number is to clinch a playoff spot it is it's been a crazy year it's been an insane year and as we talk about all the hope with all these sports coming back you and I look outside in California and the skies are ablaze with smoke everywhere the year 2020 the that is like uh, is, is another one of the plagues that that came down uh, with the fires. It's just been insane just so much going on just it, with with all of this. Good, bad. It, every day in two thousand and twenty feels like a month. Man, that's no joke
2: about the fires. I usually like to sleep with the uh, window open, made that huge mistake, woke up congested, stuffy. I mean, there's ashes wheezy. everywhere.
1: I'm in Long Beach, not even close. There are ashes all over the cars, oh, everywhere. Yeah. They're covered. The filled. entire sky. If you've if you've seen any of the uh, the views from like space or from above California and what it looks like, the entire state. Is just decimated and covered in flame and smoke and yeah, flames. Yeah, like now nothing. I've seen
2: that there's one that's going pretty uh, wildly
1: over in Monrovia, which is kind of in your uh, neck of the woods, your parents' neck of the woods. They have they have evacuated. Santa Anita right now is being used as a as a holding center for a lot of people who have had to evacuate from Sierra Madre, Monrovia, Duarte. They've been people have been evacuated above foothill, past Santa Anita. Like, that's, that's not even that far down. That's not, no, I mean, that's not. not I mean, that's we're not, just
2: talking right now about Southern California, guys. Yeah, I mean, in just it's, California, just it's, it's like, a whole yeah. state. You it's, know, I actually have a cousin up in Santa Rosa. They lost their home. The family lost their home two years ago. So, I mean, this is like real stuff. And it's, Typically, people think if you're not from here, you might think it's, oh, it's there's a lot of forestry in California. There's a lot of foothills and stuff in between these big cities and stuff. But this stuff is encroaching on major areas like Gina was talking about Santa Anita's, you know, at the base of the San Gabriel Mountains. But it it could get into neighborhoods pretty quickly if this stuff isn't, you know, contained. So this is scary business and it's uh, affecting the sports world as well. You mentioned Santa Anita, Gino. The 49ers had to practice outdoors. Uh, I was reading a few pieces about the air quality there, and uh, if you watched any baseball last night, the uh, Giants ball game, you, if you, you you could just see the the smoke in the stadium. You could see it while they're playing. There's a haze. It looks like you know when you see like a home run, fireworks show go off or something, and there's that like smoky haze
1: for a few seconds until it clears. It was like that the entire game, the Giants yeah. game. It's crazy. It, it's scary. It really does look when you get it. Go outside. You can't even see the sky, and it's really eerie. Like you said, "Finger like prayers for everyone. Hope you stay. Everyone is is safe." It just this is another one of the things when it's coming after. There's nothing you can do. You you can't. I mean, you say fight, fight. You can't really when it's coming right there. You just got to get out of the way. Um, and this is unfortunate because this is something that we see probably like once a year or so in, in California around this time of the year when it gets really hot and the brushes start and then we found out the other day somebody did something kind of silly in the brush in the brush with one of those gender reveals and that set off a big one so yeah I mean lot just a, a, every it's so weird because it's, it's just all of these things are such big deals and they've all happened in within months of each other uh, and, and we we can Look to the sports fans in us, though, that need a little bit of a, um, a a moment away from the the crazy real world, Mike. Today and from now on, for uh, you know, fingers crossed, moving forward, we'll see how everything goes with the NFL Week One. You're gonna have a lot of options out there to to sit back and watch something, and maybe um, maybe forget about some of the, the the really bad stuff going on in the world for a few minutes.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think. We've almost become accustomed to well, I think more people watch the news today mm-hmm. than than ever in my lifetime. Yeah, unless yeah. there was maybe a specific event like when Gulf War was going on. I think the first week that the war started, you know, there's high viewership, or maybe during an election or something like that. I think right now people are almost tuning in with a like in the back of their minds, there's a negative expectation of what's, what's happening. Next. What's
1: next? You know what, next?
2: What, what? What am I going to find when I when I tune in today? Um, it's kind of a sick mentality, but that's what the world has, uh, you know, enabled us to to become, unfortunately. And if you recall, when we were talking about NFL during the off season, pretty much a majority of our conversations were dominated as uh, as to the regards of. Will there be a season? Will Will it get there? Will it get there? Will it not get there? You know, I really think it's going to happen. Oh, I'm not so sure now. That type of thing. And here we are. We're at the eve. Uh, Like you mentioned, we've got a game in an hour here. And there's a lot of excitement, I think, about opening day. There's a lot of excitement with fantasy football. There's a lot of real-world stuff going on. But I I will say this. From a therapeutic perspective, you can only watch so much news and
1: not let it bring you down it's it's hard yeah it's hard you have to yeah and today is national suicide
2: prevention day so just for just to give you know mental health its due uh we all all our brains can get sick (laughs) just like any other body part so you have to do something and you can't even exercise outdoors now gino so i I mean you got to do something to give your body a break
1: a I suspect ground. that anybody
2: who listens here is a sports fan, right? So- exactly,
1: in a middle ground because we don't want you to turn it. You got to know what's going on in the world, but but sure. there's so much bad right now that is it, there's you you find out what what's going on, you understand the severity of certain situations, and just understand it. You know, be you know be adult about it, and. Hey, now now we have some football, some basketball, some baseball, some really good baseball, some really good basketball going on right now that we can watch. And man, I'm pumped. We're going to go through all of the our, a lot of our football predictions today. As a Laker fan, if I'm slightly sidetracked, forgive me because the Laker game starting a little early. It's going to be on in the next ten minutes or so. So I'm going to be just keeping an eye on things to the the side and see if the Lakers can get up three games to one. And I guess quickly before we get into to. Um, NFL because I think we'll probably spend the most time there Like uh, Just quick, my some quick thoughts on basketball It's been really um, one, one, It was funny We had the conversation too about basketball Would they be able to get to where they are now Would they be able to make it through yep. And they've done a hell of a job in that bubble Sort of setting a tone and a precedent For people and then we've seen Based on sort of just using Some of the methodology that they had For the bubble the NFL has done An amazing job with the way they test people every day, temperatures, all the precautions, all the pro. We didn't hear of any blow ups on teams or anything like that. They did an, a phenomenal job when it was not easy to just completely change the way you've done everything forever and doing it a different way. They, they did a hell of a job. So I'm actually very impressed and proud of the way these sports leagues have done it because they've set, you know, sort of a little bit of a microcosm for how we can get around this and live our lives, maybe is just. Monitoring it, checking it, being cautious—how all of them are. So now we're into the 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 spot with the NBA, where Lakers have a chance to to go up three to one on the Rockets. This is a huge game because if it's two two, completely different series than three one. The Clippers show us that last night when they went up three one, and we saw a Milwaukee Bucks team, Mike, get really their doors blown off. I mean, they won. They came back to win one game, and they they almost had an opportunity to win two. But but this was the the favorite. This was the team who had the most wins in the league. They And they were not just good for most of the season until the, the bubble. They were historically good. They were beating teams at one point, one of the three or four biggest margin of win differential in history. We're talking about the Bulls teams and the Warriors teams. They were right up there with them. And they just... It's a different game when it comes to the playoffs. We see okay, that. With so rawns. is
2: this is this, you know, people call it a choke job. Really what what it means is you're under tremendous pressure based on expectation yep. and you don't live up to it. Yep. Uh, is it more of that them succumbing to the pressure or the job that
1: Spolstra and uh, an underestimation of maybe how quality this Miami team is? Yeah, you know, obviously the like the easiest way to say is a combination of both. But I genuinely didn't think and seeing the way this team has, was built It was weird because It was a big sample size for the Bucks to be playing So well to be for me to say it was Fluky but when you really Break down their roster break down their players Look at them they have a lot of solid NBA players but their number one is Giannis he's not a shooter he's not very good At free throws if if you stack And, and really can defend around Him and force the rest of the team to Beat you well if Middleton and Bledsoe and Hill and those guys aren't They're gonna lose and that's what that's but what why, they- why, is, why are the playoffs
2: so different? Like, if you could win six out of seven games
1: during a regular season, how all of a sudden do you lose four out of five? I think a lot of it has to do with the same opponent over and over again. Because in the regular season, you don't, you know, you're playing four different teams and four different in six nights. You know, you play someone different, different, different. You're on your road trip. So every night or leading up to your next game, that's who you're scouting. That's who you're focusing in on So a lot of times, like when you play a team like the Rockets For example, if you've been playing norm, like Regular built teams, and then all of a sudden You play a team like the Rockets that just spreads you out And shoots threes, they kick the crap Out of some teams, because it's just different Than they're used to, but then when you play a team like the Rockets In a series, you know They're going to have a couple games where they just go ice cold And you're able to understand What they do a little bit more Versus seeing completely different teams one day to the next And I think that has to, a lot to do with Giannis Giannis is such a freak, the Greek freak He's such a a physical specimen and a, an athletic marvel He can do so many awesome things But he still has some pretty glaring weaknesses So when you when you see this guy six times in a row or seven times in a row Just like you said it's, it's a lot easier to start to understand All of his tendencies Oh he goes a little left When he does that little thing with his hand And he goes that way Then he's going to take a shot And just force him to do the things he doesn't do well And he hasn't been able to do those well enough to beat you That's what is the difference about playoff Baseball, basketball When you're in a series And you have the opportunity to really man. How, how many times do we see I've seen it with the Dodgers Where a pitcher or a certain pitching staff Just attacks Cody Bellinger Or Corey Seager And that that. Down and in curveball every time, and they just go after them over and over. It's sort of the same thing in basketball.
2: So, what does this mean for the uh, long-term prospects of uh,
1: Giannis and the Bucks? I mean, I think he's going to stay next year. I don't think he's the type of guy who's going to say trade me now. Which yeah, he honestly, doesn't seem like that. He which honestly, like though, that. is 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 better for the team when you do it. Like you look at the Pelicans right now. If, they, if Anthony Davis would have just left, they wouldn't have got back Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, Hart, and then a fourth pick. They got a lot of assets for him. The same thing happened with Carmelo when he left. Versus, how about LeBron? When he went both times, teams didn't get anything for him. I'm okay. sure they would have loved to get something for LeBron when he left. So I sure. don't mind when a player. I think says, that was the
2: mindset, by the way, of uh, of the Red Sox, not to shift to a different sport. Mookie, I think that was yeah. the mindset with bets. Mm-hmm. And uh, got to give props to Verdugo; it's actually panning out. I know he, it just he, totally changed gears no, no, there, but I'm but happy. It's
1: not. It's not it's the same thing because you're right. Because you got something, right? Even if if it's Verdugo and an, and another piece, a minor leaguer, whatever. It, you got of pieces. You got something. to sure. did get bets back, but you got. A really really solid starter in the league Yeah anything is better than nothing And when he leaves you get nothing out of it So I think he's going to stay What's What's going to be interesting too is keep in mind We're in now the mid, Like going to be middle of September And this basketball season is going to start right after Christmas So there's going to be quick turnaround Instantly and then we're right back into the season There's already been rumors about Chris Paul Oklahoma City which I thought was kind of weird they fired their coach. They had a really good year where they overachieved. Nobody thought they were going to be a playoff team. They had a great season. They almost made it to the second round. They were right there back and forth in that Game 7. And they'd been playing against the Lakers. And now they fired their coach. It looks like they may try to move Chris Paul. There's been big rumors about, do the Bucks try to make a trade to go get Chris Paul and say to Giannis, hey, look, we're going to do everything we can to keep you happy and maybe that's what what keeps him to stay just I mean, make nice it, piece. That would be he, just late just like just being able to get him the ball. So that way Giannis I heard Bill like Bill Simmons talking about this the other day. I thought it was a good point, is that you know, we look at Giannis and we kinda want him to be like LeBron or we want him to be sort of like the guard oriented, handle the ball all the time, but maybe he's just Shaq right? Like he's just a guy that you get the ball to down low and he could be so incredible on the block with his skill, his size and his speed. So somebody hand handling the ball a little bit for him. That might be a a massive, massive help.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. By the way, you mentioned the firing of uh, Billy Donovan, who I think is a tremendous head coach, probably the coach, the last great college basketball team with a Florida Gators team that produced what four NBA guys, I believe. Oh, a ton. Uh, I don't know what's up with OKC's management, their upper management, their ownership, but I thought Scotty Brooks had done a great job. Uh, a little uh, plug there for uh, local Stockton, Modesto area guys to Scott Brooks, who oh, I was yeah. a fan of since he was a yeah. player. I thought he did a phenomenal job with them and, uh, you know, almost was knocking on the door of the finals. But, you know, anytime you have in basketball, you have a great team in front of you, like the Warriors or the Cavs or the Heat, it's really – Tough to say to your head coach, but you didn't beat them. Mm -hmm. You didn't get there. I I think that's a that's a tough nut to crack personally. So I don't know what it is about OKC getting rid of these uh, really solid head coaches, but hey, that's up to them, and perhaps they see uh, you know, maybe they've. Got somebody in the back of their minds? I don't know, but I don't think Donovan's going to be out of a job
1: for very long. I agree. I think that somebody will pick him up, and we'll we'll fi- we'll find out soon after the season. One of these teams that and I, there's always moves, and uh, he he's been a very very good coach. This Clipper team, they they've this is what you need sometimes. You got to be good, and you got to be a little bit lucky. And I will say, both the Lakers and the Clippers, and we saw it with with Milwaukee, they haven't really played that great for the most part. They've had a couple games where they played well, but this Clipper team, it would it looked like Denver was about to take a 2-1 series lead and then Denver sort of spit it out late cuz the Clippers have a gear they can flip, which is nice. The the problem with it is they kind of act like they're a team that's won a bunch of championships and they've they've done nothing together as a group. So they don't really show you the effort that you expect night in and night out. It's it's really bizarre. They kind of they carry themselves like a, you know, very confidently and like a team who's been there and nobody's been there. So that's the question is, have they sort of flipped it back on now and are they going to be this really good, really deep defensive team and probably overall the best like deepest roster or are they going to float in and out like they have so far?
2: I think I t- all Doc cares about is consistent defensive performance and then let the rest play itself out. And I think if they are consistent and then maybe even elevate once the, they face the Lakers, let's I, assume yeah, I think that they're gonna they're gonna rise up because you say they haven't done anything, but individuals have, and yeah. perhaps you know, I don't you look know, at, is that is that a good swagger to have, maybe? Like it this it, it, really it, you, confident swagger, or is it kind of dangerous because you really haven't done it as a Clippers unit?
1: Yeah, and they got, I don't want to say lucky, but you know the Lakers played a Blazers team that was gassed in the first round. You could tell their players were so tired just from having to get there. All the minutes they played just from making making the playoffs. And then Lillard got hurt. Uh, McCollum had a vertebrae. Uh, Nurkic was was back in, like he was still getting back into shape. And the Clippers had to play a Dallas team that they got lucky. They didn't have to deal with Porzingis. He got thrown out of the first game. And then there were a couple different games where he was hurt. So they kind of Got it a little easy there, and they caught Denver off of that really tough game seven on the first one. I just don't think either of these teams has played as well as they would be have liked to be played at this point. And I think you hit hit a positive that might be a good thing because they they're sort of such veteran built teams that we know LeBron kind of ramps it up, and we've seen Kawhi sort of ramp it up. And you said about Doc, he kind of knows how to get there and, and ramp it up. So yeah, it's just the one thing I definitely have noticed. Is there's just not as much of a margin for error as any of these teams as we ever saw with a, a Warriors team, you know, or those good Spurs teams or the good Cavs teams. If these teams don't show up and don't play well, they're going to get beat.
2: Yeah, no so, doubt about that. And, you know, I have to confess, I haven't watched a lot of full NBA games, regular season, bubble season, or postseason. But I'm going to tell you, man, pretty much starting this point moving forward, uh, at least once we get into the conference finals, I will not miss a minute. Because to me, this is what it's all about. Now you get the best of the best, and there's a lot of very intriguing matchups, a lot of plots, subplots, and I'm excited for it. So uh, let's hope LA versus LA,
1: and oh, that be
2: uh, and then and we'll go from there. I mean, I think that's w- the way it's shaping up. But how many times before have we seen something that looks like it's going to happen and then you get led down to get let down at the end? So we'll keep our fingers crossed here, coming to you live. From Los Angeles, we're up against commercial break, Gino. But I wanted to get a quick thought or two from you about the Kentucky Derby, which we
1: just had last weekend in September. It was insane that it was in September, but overall, the two days were really good. Uh, Yeah, Oaks day and and Derby Day, and the undercard races were really strong. And you know what? It was a little. I got to be honest. I might have used every horse in the race based on their what I thought their price to their thought chance of winning the race versus authentic. I just never in a million years thought he would be able to kind of get he, he didn't get an easy lead, but be able to sort of get to the lead from out there and just keep going. I just you know never what's really funny though, Gino? He would keep Is, going. Yeah, you know there's it's it's funny and we've talked about this before. I'm
2: I probably give more weight to trainer and human connections than you do. I think we've had that talk many, oh, yeah. many times. No doubt about it. <clears throat> Baffert typically has not been the guy that, you know, there's guys like, you know, maybe Sugar McGahey or Sadler or somebody where or or Bill Mott, they get you when you don't expect it. Baffert is not the, he's going to get you when you don't expect no, it. Kind no, no. That, that, that's almost like was, never. Like you're right. He's, he, he, he his, he hits you in the his face. greatness is because he delivers when mm-hmm, he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the NFL favorite or the NBA favorite or the MLB favorite. That does what it's supposed with to do with the target on his back, which and we wins. know almost. Yeah, it doesn't happen that often in pro sports. And I think that's what makes him so ridiculously good. But he's not the guy that when you see him with an eight to one or a ten to one. Oh, that's Baffert value. Got to use him. No, not really. It's if he's eight to one or ten to one, that probably means he's more like 15 to one or no, 20 to one. You're except right. for the
1: name Bob Baffert. Completely so that right. to me was what was the craziest about uh, he about just, his, uh, he uh, felt all along this year. Like he was Baffert's <laughs> third or fourth best horse. You know because there was Nadal Because there was Charlatan And then Uncle Chuck kind of came out of the scene for a little bit And we would see He was just kind of steady and there all along Always felt like he was not quite as good as Honor AP And Honor AP went by him in the Sanita Derby And then in the Haskell He didn't look like he wanted to keep going I just never thought he would be able to Get that little bit more I felt like there were so many horses like Tis the Law Who would just be close And hey, no excuses for Tis the Law he had every opportunity to go by. He, he just could not do so. Um, and Honor AP came running late. He was a little slow away from the gate and came closing. So it really, it's not necessarily the most surprising in, you know, who were the three of the four top finishers in here. It's just, to me, of those top contender horses, if you had told me he set the pace and faded and ran second, third, or fourth, I would have said, yep, that's probably much exactly what I would
2: thought he was Yeah, gonna I do. mean, look, we, we got the... Uh- the uh, wagering A, B, and C choices in the superfector, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that, uh, that that nutty of an outcome like you just mentioned. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are probably rooting against any possibility of a triple crown just yep. because of the strange year that is. So, those so people nothing got to worry their about wish. now. Yeah, those people got the wish. I think this sets up for a very intriguing Preakness. You know, I've found that most of the time when you got a quality derby horse, they come back and repeat in the Preakness. Let's see if that's the case. Let's see if that hold, holds form, especially when it comes to Baffert horses. Uh, but I think now we're going to get some, if, if you're a, a tis the Law backer, you're probably going to get a lot better value.
1: You know, I don't know, maybe two to one this time around, perhaps. Yeah, it, was, it depends on who shows up. You know sure it, we'll see because it, it's now that's going to be a timing thing or some of these horses going to run there and and then run in the breeders cup or maybe if you say you know what we won't run some there and then maybe we take a softer spot or a different approach or maybe we're just going straight to the breeders cup or just the who knows you know it's a different different schedule now uh, at, at this point of the year but altogether I thought it was a unfortunately the money was way down people with with college football starting up with basketball going on with baseball going on with hockey with so many other things going on it wasn't the normal first Saturday in May Where everybody and all your random friends Because I'll tell you, I did a couple different shows Here and there, but I didn't get the overwhelming uh, You know Flurry of text that I normally get From people, hey who's no, the winner of the either. derby Or who do you like in the derby I mean I got a few, but I normally get 50 of those, you know From people that I don't hear from yep. the rest of the year And I got maybe 5
2: this year Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think a part of that by the way And then we'll get to our first commercial break I think a part of that had to do with the fact that if you watch the NBC coverage, or if you watched any of the minimal coverage, if you want to call it that, leading up to the Derby itself, every prognosticator, every so-called expert, had tis the law. And when you're looking at something, uh, you know, odds on, you know, three to five, somewhere in that neighborhood, you know, you don't have a lot of the like the poker players who like racing but don't have to have racing. You, you didn't bring any of those types, you know, the casual betters, the little, you know, the guys that like to take a chance and and like like horse racing because you have a chance to make a big rip. You didn't really have that in this race, and I think that turned off a percentage of the people. I think Churchill Downs C.D.I. probably turned off some people. Uh, I think a lot of the events leading up to the Derby probably turned away some people. So overall, it was kind of like a tsunami of crap. <laughs> leading into the Derby. Well,
1: that, but overall, for a horse racing fan, I think the two days went really well, like you yeah, said. Yeah, I agree. And it's happening in everything. And I think it's time for us to take a a, a break and we can continue on and we're going to shift the focus in just a minute to some football. But unfortunately, every all, everything is so divided. You know, we're seeing like the ratings for a lot of things are going are going down. I think because a lot of this pandemic, people have just kind of spread their interests out all over the place. And but it's now almost we'll like people are looking for an excuse to be pissed off at something. No, you're right. You, you every, didn't stand for the anthem. Screw you! You my did stand co- for the anthem. my owner said Screw they're you. gonna stand you for the anthem. Mean? Screw that! Yeah, I know everybody, and it's just you're looking for things to get pissed off about instead yeah. of just who cares? You yeah. know what I mean? Like we all want that for ourselves. We want to be able the the opportunity to express how we believe. So uh, what we believe in. So uh, yeah, that's it's unfortunate, and ho- hopefully, just getting back to the routine now, of football every week because football is actually the first sport that's going to be in the spot that it was supposed to be in. Right, Right. it wasn't rescheduled, canceled. Um, It wasn't uh, the the season wasn't shortened. It's not in a bubble. This is actually the first sport really that we've not had like a major adjustment for. So hopefully we'll keep fingers crossed and this can sort of be like a routine that we get back into.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Okay, we're way way late. Stay with us, everyone. We'll take a quick time out and we'll come back and shift the focus entirely to the National Football League.
1: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, you shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
0: Wanna play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: back here on the Mike Avitier show we are going to shift the focus on over to the NFL just minutes away from the Thursday night game so I guess for like specifics and stuff I'm not going to really give out a pick or we're not going to really dissect that game in general but we have the uh, the matchup of the Chiefs and the Texans this was the rematch from last year in the playoffs Mike when the Texans went up huge early on the Chiefs it was that second week in a row uh, where they were down and then they came all the way back and, and won and so you got your Super Bowl champ here, and there's a, a very buzzy rookie on their team this year, someone who's been a, sort of a hot pick for a lot of people in fantasy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back. Yeah, man. And
2: look, that game probably changed the historical course of the Texans franchise, right? We've seen yeah. a very strange off season by them. And I suspect if they won that game, that they would not have had the same offseason that they had. And so it was a epic performance. Throughout, really, the, the the playoffs and Super Bowl for the Chiefs, they were the best team in football, despite not having a world-class defense. Their offense was just that unstoppable. I see a lot of the same for them this year. But I think their defense might be a little bit better, because the defense in the second half of the season started kind of gelling a little bit. And now- they started playing their best when it counted the most. And I think they might carry that into this year. So I think the defense might be
1: a little bit better than uh, people be, might be giving them credit for. Now, what do you think overall of just the no home field advantage? Uh, or is there home field advantage? You know, Rangers I was still thinking gonna about today. They're going to yeah, still so. have to travel. You're still not in there. Still going to be weather in some places. You're still not going to be sleeping in your own bed, all those kind of things. But when there's not a full stadium packed, when you don't have that extra you know talking am talking about this with Dave and we broke down a lot of the the you know the well, you can't hear the snap you know and the and the place is rocking we're not going to have that this year there's going to be tell I, you I, what
2: there's going to be a co-MVP and it's not on the playing field it's going to be your sound people yep they are going to play a huge role this year i don't know if you're watching um the Braves game last right. night where uh, they were trying to mimic the Atlanta Falcons in terms of how many runs or points they were putting up. Yeah. And uh, I think they almost got to 30. I think 29 and nine. nine, I think. nine yeah. Right. And so, uh, but they were uh, talking to somebody on the field and he was like, it's just too loud to even hear your questions. And it really got me to think, I wonder how many weeks the PA guys at these stadiums have been tweaking it. Maybe watching the games from last year and trying to get the decibel level down pat so they can mimic it this year and then practice and figure out when to do it when our team doesn't have the ball, when you know when the offense of the other team has the ball, how to tweak it for when we have the ball, the announcer with the first down call, right? And, and yeah. All of those things I think they probably had to work a lot on. I know the Raiders have, uh, especially, you know – christening a new stadium in las vegas forget about that for a moment but i think that's going to be the co mvp this year yeah do pa guys really make it a home field advantage or do they not so keep an eye out for that but an interesting point nonetheless you know okay let's jump through and we'll start in the afc yeah hey by the way through. if it sounds like i'm kind of a little bit out of breath you know it probably is because i i slightly am last couple of weeks I've been dealing with uh with a little bug uh, let's call it, and um, the 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 smoke and the bad air. Is oh, just I can imagine. Big, just yeah, take your time.
1: If you need to pause for a minute, you know I can I can keep rolling on. So you just yeah, you just, just let me know. I'm a little bit congested, and yeah, this smoke is
2: is kind of getting to me. So I'm not laboring because I was running. Uh, <laughs> just uh, yeah, I'm a pre. I've, I've always been an asthmatic anyway. So smoke filled skies ain't helping me out, folks. But anyways, let's let's deliver some uh, quality predictions and preview.
1: So AFC will start in the East, a different year now with no Tom Brady and the Patriots, but they do have Cam Newton. Is he going to slide right in? And will it just be a seamless transition to Cam? Or one of the hot teams, the Buffalo Bills, are they going to rise to the top and become one of the uh, the AFC contenders? Or do you, do you think uh, you know one of the, the surprise teams? Is it going to be the Dolphins maybe a year or two earlier than we expected? Is it going to be the Jets uh, shocking some people? Who do you like in the AFC East?
2: Well, anytime you're doing predictions on a divisional basis and trying to figure out who the playoff teams are going to be, you have to look at history. And history tells us that 40% of playoff teams are turned over from the year before. So if you're not coming up with a few new teams in each conference, you're probably not being creative enough. So I think this is an opportunity to use that creative button right now, kind of a shock the world kind of pick. I think the Dolphins had the best offseason of any team. I think the Dolphins in Arizona, based on PFF grades, had the most improved uh, in each of the conferences. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for the for the Dolphins to uh, kind of sneak up, if you want to call it that, on teams, because they got Stidham or Kim, depending on who's playing at whatever point of the year, twice. Right? You got uh, Sam Darnold twice. You got Josh Allen twice, you got Tyrod Taylor, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, Drew Locke, and Gardner Minshew. Those are the quarterbacks that they're they're going to be facing. Nobody there is a standout. Nobody there is a Hall of Famer or Pro Bowler, pretty much, uh, except for Cam, obviously. Or, you know, Jared Goff has his ups and downs. But, I mean, overall, this is an opportunity for the Dolphins, I think, to go up against some mediocre offenses. I think this is an opportunity with a down AFC East, especially from New England. And so the Dolphins win the division. I think Buffalo is their closest competitor, followed by New England, and then the New York Jets will be cellar dwellers. What do you think?
1: Um, I'm going to be pretty, you know, obvious in here. I think the Bills are going to win here. I think the Patriots will, will be okay. Miami just feels to me like a uh, like a, a year early. away. Like yep. a year away. I think Fair. next year they'll be really good. They just they might be just a little young in some in some spots, which is going to be good for them this year. I love everything about them their coaching staff they're the type of team that i will bet a few times throughout the year to sneak up on teams i just don't know if they can put a full season together but keep in mind now the extra playoff spot now they might be a, t- a team that could battle for the extra playoff spot with the uh the, the extra wild card so yeah i'll be i'll be bills here but i think I, I i still probably only think there's one playoff team out of this division at least for me is the bills as we move from the east and, and the- by the way
2: the bills are my 7th seed uh, according cool. to my rank
1: so Okay. The AFC North, Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Ravens were the best regular season team in football last year. They, I mean, they're at least as good, maybe even even better on the defensive end. And th- this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really good division. I think Cincinnati's going to be competitive and better. They're just going to be young. They're going to have to go through their growing pains. The team I really like this year is the Browns. I don't know if they can win the division, but they were the hot team last year. Everybody loved them. And we saw they've got a ton of talent. They were one of the the worst coached teams I've ever seen in a professional sport. Not, And that, that's not even hyperbole. I, they were so poorly coached and so poorly run. And there was a little bit of pressure but just buzz on them because of how good they finished a couple years ago at the end of the year. And Baker looked so good. I love playing teams in spots like this the year after you were supposed to be, because now there won't be pressure on this team. Nobody's talking about the Browns being a hot, buzzy team. I think they're just going to be a well-coached football team. They're going to be a, their scheme is going to be so much better for them. Baker's going to be in spots to succeed. I think, and I'm a little down on Pittsburgh, because I think everybody sort of just assumes that Pittsburgh, because their defense was so good last year, and they had had bad quarterback play, that Ben's just going to slide right in, and everything's going to be great for them. Well Ben wasn't very good in week 1. I do think last year, I do before he got hurt, I do think he's going to take a little while to get back in the swing of things. And they had a couple games where things sort of bounced their way. So I I think we could get two playoff teams, maybe even three out of this division, and I'm going to say it's Baltimore slightly on top of Cleveland. But week 1, one of my plays, I'm going to make Cleveland one of my week 1 plays when we talk about him at the end of the end of the show. Didn't like
2: Cleveland last year, don't like them this year, won't like them until they prove to me that they could all play together successfully over a 17-week season. Baltimore, to me, is the lone playoff team by being a division winner. Lamar, man, watch out. I know a key part of your game is to run and dazzle, and I know you're going to keep doing it and keep uh, making highlight reels week after week, but I'm afraid that too much of it, too much of him playing quarterback and running back is going to take its toll on him. So that's the one caveat. Does he get knocked out? If he gets knocked out, it's a completely different offense. So never want to predict injuries, never want to predict bad health or anything like that. Uh, But because of his style, it's
1: It's his style. It's a style of
2: play, exactly. So that's the only one concern that I have is it almost seems like inevitable. Like RG three, you know, he had such a brilliant run, but it was very short lived because of a nasty injury to his knee. And I hate seeing guys like this just kind of lose their magic. And uh, don't want, like I said, I don't want to predict it. Don't want to put life into it by by saying it out loud. But I think people have to keep that in the back of their minds that it's a possibility because he does play two positions in essence, in terms of. The offensive production, you know, and has, what I like
1: uh, it takes the what place I, of running back in a way, you know. Yeah, what I like is that it feels like they've made they're making attempts and they're they want to do that. They want him to be able to throw the ball too, and not just be a runner, and maybe be someone who, you know. You use and you can unleash that weapon in the playoffs as a nice option, but not somebody who has to take a ton of hits all the time. Sure, and, and hey,
2: let's face it. And Ingram's got a, a good amount of the tank still. Dobbins is a nice. They just, uh, just drafted nice the Dobbins. Piece. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, I mean, I think Andrews is a really good tight end. Um, I think he's going to be a he's like a nice stop, like a nice big target for him, and gives him like easy out sometime instead top of top five guy in the league. Yeah, instead of maybe having to take a, you know, take off and run for 5 or 6 yards, you can find that big target right there and and you know, and just dish off a, a little pass. So, yeah, yeah I, I like the fact that it's he can he can at least throw the ball. Whereas some of the other players who had similar running quarterback styles couldn't really throw the ball that well. They were not very accurate. They they You know were, what's
2: interesting, you know, that, that was the knock on him coming in was how good of a thrower he was. Mm -hmm. And that was actually what was blamed for the playoff uh, upset when they lost to the Chargers a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So props to him for really taking – his game to another
1: level because yep. I agree with you. I think he's become a pretty good throwing well, quarterback. And all you can do is work on those things, right? Like you said, he, he's working on the things that are his weakness as a, as a team as a whole, they put him in a great spot to succeed. So yeah, they're going to be really, I think they're going to be good. They're going to be one of the better teams here as we move from the AFC North to yeah, the So AMF. let me just
2: round that out real yeah, fast. Yeah, so the order is Baltimore, Cleveland, who will barely miss out. Uh, Pittsburgh, I believe, is down. Like you said, Cincinnati's got uh, upside in their future, just not in 2020. That's how
1: I round up my AFC North. AFC South. I think the Colts are going to be one of the best teams in football this year, and, and not a lot, not necessarily because of Philip Rivers, but they are just a very, very well-rounded team. I don't think he doesn't have to be awesome. He just has to be about how good. Brissett was before Brissett got hurt last year because this Colts team is going to be better on, on the offensive end. They're deeper at the skill positions. They're better on the defensive end. I like the way they're coached. I think they win this division. I think after them, it's it's a battle between Tennessee and Houston for the second spot. We can all understand that Jacksonville is probably trying to tank this year. They might be one of the worst teams in the league. I still think they'll be a little feisty because Minshew, Minshew can move the ball up and down, but they just are going to be really outmanned. Uh, Almost every time they line up. So for me, Jacksonville's awful. I think the Colts are really good, and I wouldn't be. There might be a playoff team between Tennessee and Houston. Houston always seems to be right around 500 to over 500, and in the mix. And I trust Watson a little bit more than I think I would trust uh, Tannehill and uh, and and you know the Tannehill Henry combination there with uh, with Tennessee.
2: Pretty much the same thing. Not not much to add to that. Indy, Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville is my order. Tennessee and Houston, you could flip flop positions either way. They'll probably finish with the same nine and seven, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven. Maybe if they're lucky, ten and six. Uh, final record, uh, but I have both of them missing the playoffs because I have the West as the most improved division. So let's, let's go right into the West. After yeah. our last no, no, go, go right into the
1: West, and then we'll okay. take a break and we'll come back and we'll hit the, uh, the NFC on the other side of the break. So what's your, how do you KC, stack them in the AFC West? KC, division winner, and I have Oakland and Denver
2: as the remaining two wild cards. Buffalo is the seventh, and uh, whichever way you want to call it, five and six, Oakland and Denver. And uh, and, and the LA Chargers, uh, I don't understand what they're trying to do. I think they've had a very talented roster for many years. And I think they've botched it. So I think the, the time is up for them to, uh, to do it, man. I, I, just, that- I don't see their moves as being moves that got them uh, to the next level.
1: I like Denver to be a playoff team. The Vaughn Miller injury really hurts. Yeah, you know, he's, a, he's a defensive yeah. leader, and that's just a, that's a, that's a crusher. I mean, that's just an absolute crusher it in one of your last practice days and not even in, like, a full-speed practice when they had to move inside because of the weather and the snow and everything. Like, all these circumstances ended up getting him hurt, which is a bummer. Um, I think the Raiders – I want – I liked the Raiders last year, and I want the Raiders to be good. The problem when I look at the Raiders this year, Mike – they got okay at Carolina. Not, a, not Carolina is probably going to be pretty bad, but never easy to, to open up early game on the road in your first in your first game. You know, then you play the Saints. Sure. You got the Pats. You got the Bills. You got the Chiefs. You got Tom Brady in the Bucks. The Browns are going to at least be okay. You got the Chiefs again. That's not going to be a first easy eight or nine games. We'll know if they're able to you know win three or four games in their first seven or eight weeks. They're going to be a playoff team. We're going to know very early with them because if they can compete. With some teams that are either going to be playoff teams or on the fringe, they're going to be right there. So I know we need to take a break before our last final segment for me. It's the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and I'm kind of with you. I just I don't think the Chargers are going to be very good this year. We've already seeing some cracks on their defense, some injuries again. They always just seem to get hit by the injury bug, too. So yep, it's going to be the chiefs, and they're all going to be chasing them,
2: yeah, and just one more word on Oakland. One of the reasons why I have them, uh, you know, advancing into the postseason tournament, it's because in the last couple of years, there was a lot of talk about does Gruden like his quarterback? Is Gruden going to make a move at quarterback? Is Gruden going to draft a quarterback? I think Carr, this is his first season with Gruden where you don't have those questions. It's clearly his team from here on out. Doesn't even have Mariota breathing down his neck because he's hurt right now. So this is Carr's opportunity to show that he's the pro bowler, that he's the guy that was deserving of that big contract from a couple of years ago. He almost had an MVP-type season a couple of years back, got them to the playoffs, wasn't able to participate in that playoff game last, uh, the second of the last Del Rio season. So I think this is going to be the time where Carr really, really proves his worth from a dollars and cents perspective. On that note, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back. We'll go to the NFC. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Woods and Water takes center stage this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we discuss wildlife management, pursuing the American dream of land ownership, chasing the September bass, panfish, and catfish bite, plus much more. You'll hear from Dan Perez of Whitetail Properties, Thomas Allen from In Fisherman, and the whiskered catfish bandit, Cat Daddy. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel.
1: Back here closing things out on the Mike Abater Show, we have moved from the AFC on over to the NFC. We are by the way, good a- first quarter for the for the Lakers. Yeah, not a bad not a bad first quarter there. It's just these games with Houston, they're so bad to watch. There's no flow because of all the free throw shooting. It's just like. Free throws, free throws, back free throw. There's no flow to any game. It's just doesn't make for good TV. No, it doesn't. And I I love basketball. I watch the any teams play basketball. It's just they're the the my least favorite team to play against and to watch play because you just there's never like a good five minute back and forth or back and forth and back. You just don't get that with them. Um, We are getting into the NFC and the NFC East: Dallas Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and the Washington Football Team. Uh, That's my order by the way you just said it Dallas, that's funny Giants, Billy. <laughs> okay go ahead that, that, that's my that's yeah. my cold cock superfecta
2: right there okay. all, all, all in order uh, I think Dallas much much improved defensively uh, quietly much improved and uh, yeah I think this is the this is the year that they uh, kind of put it together usually when Dallas has a lot of expectations going into a year yep. they don't come through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, you know let me tell you something about deck Prescott and you won't hear this in a lot of places. I don't think that that next contract is as big of a deal for him individually, as it is for the people that are asking the questions. Mm-hmm. Can't speak for his agent because I'm sure his agent is looking forward sure. to cashing in on a big payday. But I think Dak is a different type of individual. That not to say that he doesn't like the money or need the money, but he's got, he's made good money so far in the league. I think he's not that egotistical kind of person who's like, I got to have the top contract in the league to feel that I have my worth. I don't think he's that guy. And I think that that's going to be an unnecessary. People are going to think it's a distraction. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't think it is, you know, perhaps they save until the off season. Perhaps Jerry Jones delivers after he sees two or three weeks of good football. But I think this is the year that Dallas is going to take that step forward. So uh, like, like I said, you gave out my order, Dallas Giants, Philly and Washington.
1: Yeah, I think Philly will be better than you do. I do. I do actually think the giants will be improved too. So I think overall, this division will be a little bit better. I think you'll get two playoff teams with Dallas and with Philly and the giants will, they'll win a couple games this year that you don't expect them to win. Maybe even week one against the Steelers as a home underdog. Um, So yeah, Dallas giants as my uh, Dallas and Eagles as my, uh, as my playoff teams out of here. We move to the NFC North bears, lions, Packers, Vikings, you know, for me, trying to set them up, I think the Packers win this division. I think it's probably Packers, and then I'm going to say Lions, Vikings, Bears. I, I just I'm concerned about the Bears. They're they're really good defensive teams that they have the defense that is like otherworldly. It's so hard to get back to that level of what carried you, and we we they just don't have the offensive flow, and we haven't seen it yet from Trubisky, Detroit has a few nice pieces and they were actually having a nice year before Stafford got hurt. Remember they got kind of screwed in a couple of games last year. The one really bad officiated game against the Packers on Monday night football, where they had a couple horrible calls that cost them the game. Then there was that unlucky game against the chiefs where it looked like they were going to win. And they, they like fumbled the ball going into the end zone. And then Mahomes turned around in like two seconds and went the other way. They could have easily been five and Oh, and if Stafford and there's a world where Stafford doesn't get hurt and they're a pretty good team last year. I think the Lions might be one of my sneaky playoff teams in the NFC, so I have it Green Bay, Lions, Vikings, Bears. Actually, Detroit is my uh, surprise pick in the NFC.
2: So Miami was my surprise pick in the AFC. Detroit is in the NFC. You know, you alluded to something that's very important was uh, their season last year, and they ended up losing their starting quarterback, they end up losing their second guy. They got to the third guy. One thing that I saw throughout was that they played hard. And when you play hard under those adverse conditions, it means that you're doing it for out of pride for your job and for your coaching staff. And so that tells me that Patricia is at least his message is resonating and that they believe in him. And so that, to me, is really critical. I think they've got some playmakers on this team. I think defensively they weren't that bad last year, and uh, I think they're going to shore that up. To me, that's the division winner. I have Minnesota being the wild card number seven out of that division. I got Green Bay in third. I thought that they played out of their you-know-what last year. I thought their record was a lot better than the quality of their team. Yep. And I think the blowout in the uh, conference finals there in the conference NFC championship game was a little bit evidence of uh, that they really didn't belong. But the record got them there. So uh, I think they regress. I think they're the third seed. They had a terrible offseason. They didn't do anything to help Rodgers out. So I'm very down on them and uh, Chicago in the cellar.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be as good. I just I think they might be like a 10 win division winner, and the Lions maybe right behind them slightly. I don't think anybody in this division is is a Super Bowl contender no, uh, as of no, now. I just I don't feel that way. Not NFC South, on paper, the Saints every year, you know, over the last five or so, seem to have one of the most well-built rosters, and now the hot team is Tampa Bay, the Bucs with, T- with Tom Brady down there. We got the Panthers, we got the Falcons. Um, stack this uh, NFC South. We've probably only got about five minutes or so.
2: Yeah, I'll just zip through it. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to go with the chalk with the the uh, history in their favor, Saints. They seem to do it every year. Peyton's one of the best coaches in the league. Breeze just doesn't age, just like his counterpart in Tampa, which is my second team, uh, a wild card team, out of that division. Atlanta followed by Carolina. So I
1: got Tampa as a playoff team. Saints as division winner. I'm gonna have a yeah. Saint. I think Saints, Tampa are both in the playoffs, and I. I And I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be a little bit better. I actually don't think Carolina is going to be completely miserable either. And uh, we move to the NFC West, which is maybe the toughest division in football, Mike, with the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, and a a hot Cardinals team that a lot of people are are high on. I know you picked Kyler Murray in three consecutive fantasy leagues, like two rounds early because I was going to get him once or twice. And then you just went way early to get him. So you need Kyler Murray to have a big year. And I I think he's definitely going to have a big year. Are you high on the Cardinals like you are with Kyler? Absolutely. And to me,
2: you know, I, I don't look at the ratings. I look at well, how I want to build my team. Kyler Murray is a part of that gimmicky Cliff Kingsbury offense, that college football offense that I always say does not translate to the NFL, but it translated to the NFL. Guy picked wisely in terms of choosing football or ba- over baseball, a decision that I widely and loudly disagreed with. Once again, he proved me wrong. I got Seattle as the division winner. I got Arizona as the wild card team, and I got San Francisco finishing third, but as a wild card team as well. I could see both them and Arizona finishing ten and six. Seattle finishing around 11-5, maybe also ten and six, win the tiebreakers, and the lowly Rams finishing last. Kind of a fall from the top from a Super Bowl season a couple of years ago. Uh, decent team, but I think uh, somebody's got to finish last.
1: Yeah, I th- I think these are going to be four teams in the division that have like seven wins all um i still think arizona is one i still think they're a little bit away on the defensive end that's what concerns me i think they'll be able to go up and down and score with anyone um i I just don't know if they'll be able to stop anyone um san francisco I'm, i'm gonna put seattle up top i'm gonna put san francisco behind them and the rams behind them with the cardinals at the rear i think we might get three playoff teams i could see the rams being a nine and seven last team in i don't think they're Again, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender or awesome, but I think they'll be a little bit better and maybe have a little less pressure on them the year after the Super Bowl run cuz they got that kind of crappy year out of the way. They're a little bit better than they were last year. Well, it's going to compare for them it's going to all come down to their defense. Mike, we okay, have so a Speaking
2: of Super Bowl, let's give our Super Bowl picks cuz I think we're just about out of time here.
1: Yep. Who do you, who you, who's your Super Bowl?
2: I got Kansas City against the Saints. I've taken that Super Bowl this is my third year in a row and uh, this time it's going to come to fruition with Kansas City disappointing the Saints. Okay,
1: I'm going to take the Cowboys. How about this? I'm going to take the Cowboys beating the Ravens. Good stuff. Unfortunately, that's all the time we
2: have. We'll tweet out some picks for week one and get back to it in week two. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy NFL opening weekend. Have a great sports weekend, everyone.